Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Fever Pitch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian. Now and then. We had Thursday night football yesterday, and it was it was kind of electric, what did you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it started off kind of close, and before you know it, the 49ers pulled away pretty, pretty comfortably. Uh, it's looking, it looks like Devo's back. Um, but before we get to Devo, Brock Purdy has once again uh, the W in the has added another W in the win column. Um, I think he has a streak in every game with throwing two touchdown passes, and he's continued that in this game, I believe. Uh, additionally, there was some there was a controversial moment where Trent Williams he threw a punch and didn't get ejected, so that's kind of crazy. Something uh, like that gets you injected. Yeah, like if you like if you typically when you swing on somebody in game, yeah, you you're out of there. But um, he's he somehow got away with that. Um, ironically enough, the Forty Nineers has scored thirty points in all three of their wins so far. Wow. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, the Forty Nineers. They're going to be at the top of their conference, and it's not going to be close. Well, they're going to start. The, they're going to start the season with two divisional wins because they had the Cardinals on the first, and that's a W. So they'll be four and zero at the first, after the first quadrant. So yeah, I feel like they're probably going to take their division. Are they going to take their conference? I'm not sold on that yet. Well, who do you think is going to take the conference? Oh, uh, <laughs> dang! I was gonna say Philly, but like they look a little shaky. If New Orleans might catch people off guard, I think. I think I think I like the Saints and the Cowboys' odds better to make it to the Super Bowl in San Francisco. You think the Saints look that good? I think they have a good schedule. And they'll do enough to win a lot of games. Under Bridgewater or under They got Derek Carr, give me. Oh, Derek Carr is this Derek, yeah, they got Derek Carr starting. Do you think he's gonna stay that way or Bridgewater's gonna Um I think Derek Carr will definitely they paid them in handsomely, so I doubt they're gonna put them in the backup. I it might not even be Bridgewater, I think it's somebody else. Oh, but, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Derek Carr will be QB one for the next few years in New Orleans. Wow. Okay. Okay. So let's talk more about these 49ers. Is Mister Relevant relevant now? Um, I guess. Are you a believer? I'm not. Why? Because <laughs> I think if you put again the ability. Is not the same for everybody. I think he definitely has the ability to put a quarterback in the NFL. But if you if you give me a top five defense and you give me a bunch of playmakers around me, I don't have to do much. He's a game manager, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think he's a very good game manager. He can manage a game very well. I will say though, he did he had a couple of throws last night that were gorgeous. Like he threw I think he had a deep ball to deal to uh, Devo. That was a bucket. I won't lie there. So he's a talented QB, 
and I think he can start in the NFL. But uh, I think he's still a seventh round quarterback. So. Okay, but in the same vein, right? Mm-hmm. You got Dak, who is considered largely just a game manager as well. He has all the pieces there, and yeah, they're off to a good start this season. But generally, overall, he's two and four in the playoffs. Brock Purdy is zero in the playoffs. They beat the Cowboys. Oh, they won. Brock Purdy is one and one in the playoffs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So they're both at or under five hundred. No, one is under five hundred. One is at five hundred. <laughs> Let's be clear. Both at most five hundred. Dak is below 500. Dak has played more games. And he's lost a lot of them. He's lost four of them. This is, I don't know the hate, but it's objective. It's objective hate. Um, <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah, objective hate. My point is. I don't Dak hate Prescott. Dak. I want, I want to see Dak. I want to see Dak do well. You know. But there's a, there's a buck coming. I just think he, he doesn't get utilized to play to his strengths, right? Hmm. Um, I think they tried to make him a mobile QB, um, and that's how he got his ankle injured. When the focus should have largely just been on him being a pocket passer. So that would take. I mean, he's thrown sixty-two passes thus far. If you average that out over the course of six of seventeen games, that is. Uh, let me do some quick math here. 31 times 17, that's 527 passes, and that would be the third, second most passes since he's had in, in his career. He's hit the 596 mark twice, so maybe you might be on to something. Yeah, only time will tell, only time will tell. But speaking of the Cowboys, let's okay. talk about what's going on with this defense. Trayvon Diggs has torn his ACL at practice and is out for the season. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a big blow to their defense for sure. Um, one of the more, dare I say, premier corners. I mean, you kind of have to say that. He had like 13 picks in one season. Maybe it was 11. So, yeah, he is definitely one of the premier corners in the NFL. Um, thankfully, they had they had Gilly, Stefan Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, who was playing cornerback two, so he could just slide into that cornerback one slot pretty pretty seamless, seamlessly. But um, you know, you you have a key contributor on defense, and you won't have him for the rest of the season. It will, it will definitely hurt, but I think it won't be too fatal because, like I said, they had Gilly there, and you know, Michael Parsons has that. Point making ability, he might drop in the coverage, he might rest in passer. So I think it won't be the I don't think it is the nail in the the nail in the coffin for the Cowboys defense. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's the nail in the coffin either, but I think it'll definitely play a larger role than people think. Cause that presence that Diggs has, especially after he got all those picks, they were literally calling wherever you throw the ball his direction. Diggs Island, Diggs Island yeah. So I definitely think there will be the added effect of his presence not being there. But do you know who's stepping up to to fill his role? So Gilmore, but I know that well, they, they have two corners, right? Yeah, so um, on ESPN, they have Deron Bland moving in as the right side of the corner. And um, he, so far, 
at the Fresno State, he's played three years, I want to say, maybe two. Uh, he, you know, definitely he's a capable corner. He already has that pick on the season, so he definitely has the ability for sure. And additionally, they brought in Noah, let me say his last name properly, Igbenogany, former Dolphin. I think he was a first-round pick. Yes, he was. He was a first-round pick out of Miami in the gown for the Chief. I think he he got traded to Dallas for like a fifth-round pick. And he was making plays plays in week one. So he's also another capable player. Uh, DB as well. So I feel like they can definitely operate as still one of the better defenses in the league, but you know, uh, if you, you know, you're, you're missing a key piece, but the but the sum of its parts is still very, very for, uh, formidable. So that's my take. Okay. Okay. Do you think that ultimately if the Cowboys defense does well without Diggs there, his position there is sort of at stake? Nah, because not, I mean, how many people can get 11 picks in one season? That's so, true. It's, it's not, I, don't, I think he is a top, <sighs> top eight corner. Top eight, and okay. He, and he was paid as such. So I doubt they're gonna just wash their hands with him. I think he's gonna. Well, we we can hope that he makes a speedy recovery, and we'll see about the next season. Okay, okay. And then what what was his contract? Uh, I wouldn't say five years, ninety-seven million. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, let me patch that for you. For you. Hmm. And then my follow up to that is: Does he still get paid now that he's injured? Uh yeah, it's five year ninety seven million, twenty one million dollars signing bonus, and uh forty two million guaranteed. I'm sure there's gonna be some type of financial implication due to the injury, but I think he gets the bulk of his money. He was expected to make twenty two million this year, so and out of that twenty two million, um. Four million of that was a signing bonus, and the cap hit was only five million. So, money is moved around. I think they're gonna keep him paid, as far as I'm concerned. I doubt they. So wait, is the way that it works right with the sign? Is the signing bonus part of the contract, or that's separate? So he gets ninety-seven million plus that twenty-two million signing bonus. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, shout out his agent because that's a great contract right there. Mm-hmm. Ryan Rubin at the gates to the athletics. I guess he knows how to close a deal because, yeah, I wouldn't mind making 22 million on top of 97. That's that's healthy for sure. So, if you're him right now, what do you think is going through his mind? Damn, I just tore my ACL. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like he's also looking forward to recovery and, you know, I think he just needs some positive vibes. He's probably going to be watching film. Because, you know, he's a dog. And, you know, and dogs, dogs, dogs don't go down easy. So I'm sure he's going to be watching film, working through his recovery, 
I think he's still going to be an active voice in the locker room, coaching up the DBs and doing what they can to contribute, even though he can't get out there. That's valid. That's valid. And then I remember I was watching the show Ballers, right, by uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Good show, good show. And this kind of reminds me of uh, the, like, uh, they showed the injury scenario, too, where it was like, but his was a non non uh, sports related injury. He got like shot yeah. during paintball or something and like tore his yeah. ACL, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that he was like hiding out from the coaches, the agent, and the owner, and not picking up any calls. I'm sure. Well, since it's an injury practice, uh, the the only thing that comes to mind is, wow, when when players really feel that injury, do they feel like their whole world is like crashing down type thing, or is it more of more of so? Uh, like what you were saying, like, uh, well, do what I can, be at practice every day, help people out where I can, go to physical therapy, rinse and repeat. I think it's situational. I think for me, well, God forbid I tear my ACL because the way that these things are happening, I wrote a paper on, on ACL tears before. Um, I cover the paper. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, I already got bad knees. So the tear in my knee is like my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and I'm not a premier professional athlete. So, as a premier, premier professional athlete, you know, you are making quick movements with your legs day after day after day. So, I think, I think, um, you know, the risk is always there. You hope that it doesn't happen to you. But if it does, you also hope that you're putting good hands and God willing, you can just recover and bounce back. You know, Frank Gore tore both of his ACLs before he made it to the league. And he played 15 years. So it's different. it's different for everybody. But thankfully, you know, modern medicine and all that good stuff. So. Okay. All right. Well, wishing him a speedy recovery for sure. Absolutely. But we got the NBA season on the horizon. What's yeah, going man. on there? Yeah, man. It's almost October. And, you know. The stars are back in town, so we think. Um, by that I mean, damn. Well, I read a few things recently. Obviously, he is disgruntled and does not want to be a Blazer, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been hesitant to cover that story because there's not much new news up until recently. Uh, last night they said that you know a deal is imminent, and. It's looking like um, he should be headed to Miami. Miami, so we think. Um, okay. Uh, Tyler Hero posted the cryptic IG post suggesting that he was on the on his way out. So there's probably going to be some type of circulation of players and picks where the Blazers get Tyler Hero and whatever else the Heat might get Dame and like some cash. We I don't know the, the specifics. It's all speculation. Uh, but on that topic, Damian Lillard was on some of these blogs. I think he was on the uh, It Is What It Is show with the camera on that base. And he was saying how he would rather lose every year than join the Warriors. So, yeah, he's, you know, he's an Oakland, he's an Oakland native. So, as far as going back home to play for the Warriors, that is not something he has in his he does that's not on the TV for him, unfortunately. I think in him saying that, um, 
I think he doesn't want to be perceived as somebody who went to a super team and got that cop out. Yeah, but you could argue. I mean, I want to say the Heat are a super, super team, but they were just in the finals. That's yeah, yeah, but realistically, the only star that they have, like real superstar, is Jimmy Butler. Everybody else is more of like a key role player, and they have good coaching and a good culture over there. Versus like when versus when KD joined the the Warriors, right? It's like okay, they had many household names already. They already had Steph, Clay, Draymond, um, and you're like okay, they already have like their own kind of big three over there. And you're adding KD. This team is maxed out right now. Yeah, I mean. Well, I want to say this. Ah, do I want to say this? Say it. <laughs> I'm not saying that Clay and Bam are equal, but I'm saying as far as pieces in the system, like if if, if Steph is a draw four and Clay is a draw two, Jimmy and Bam are maybe both two draw twos, in my opinion. So I feel like, depending on what you put there, I guess they will be a draw four. So, yeah, you could you could say and KD was a draw four in Golden State. So, super team is not the word I would use, but I would say the star talent in Miami, if Dame ended up there, could be compared to that of KD going to Golden State. Although without KD, they did they did win seventy three games. If you go player for player, Clay and Bam, like the distance between Clay and Bam and Jimmy and Steph is a lot closer versus KD and Dane. So there's some comparisons that can be made. I could be reaching, but you know, I think I hope- you I think you reach into the moon, my not brother. But but I do respectfully hear what you're saying. You're you're trying to say that they're comparable in terms of like what pieces they're adding to the team. But like you're saying, uh the war the Warriors won 73 and 9, and then they got KD. Right. Yes. And joining a 73 and 9 team is still to me ridiculous. You know, I respect KD too, you know, and he got those rings and he earned them. But to me personally, as a you know host of this podcast, not not at all an athlete anymore. Um <laughs> I just think joining a 73 and 9 team in terms of building a legacy as one of the greats, because um something that people say is for those greatness comes with critique. That's just one of the things that it comes with. Right. If you're gonna be compared to the greats, you're gonna be criticized. People are gonna talk about you, things of that nature. Right. And KD is up there is a top five, top ten, small forward of all time, right? Yes, I'll so, say top five. Right, so him joining that team, I think, is a completely different situ- situation than Damian Lillard wanting out of the Trailblazers who look to be ready to move on with him anyways because they drafted a point guard. Well, crazy enough, Dame even sent sent a sent a little jab at KD according to uh Sports Illustrated. He went on to say, um, pulling out the article now. Mm-hmm. Again, he was on the this this podcast with the uh, Cameron and Mace. He said, as far as the Golden State is concerned, I respect what they've been doing the last eight or nine years, and I'm from there, but I can't be a part of that. 
They won four championships. What that look, what that look like if I did that? They say I'm joining my home team. To me, that doesn't even make sense. I never do nothing like that. I lose every year before I go. And then he said, I've said this plenty of times before. Katie is obviously one of the greatest players of all time. If I was in his shoes, I wouldn't have done that personally. That ain't something that I would have did. But I think you got to do what you got to do. You can argue that you're kind of doing that because you're going to the Heat. They were just in the finals last year, and they were in the finals in 2020. But it's not the same purely because of the star power and talent. The Heat had to fight from under to get to the the finals. They were not the favorite at all. I agree. The Warriors were clearly the favorite. The Warriors were supposed to win, but, you know, LeBron effect, you know, like the butterfly effect. You can't, you know, LeBron's going to get a couple on you every time because he's LeBron. Everybody knows statistically whatever conference LeBron is in is is the harder conference to be in, you know. Yes. Right. Yeah, well, well, (laughs) we can unpack that in a second. But the main point I'm trying to make is I agree with David Lillard in that him going to the Heat is not the same as when KD went to the Warriors because purely put, him going to the Heat is like, I'm trying to think. It's like uh Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Yeah, kind of thing. Okay. It's like it's like it's like Mike Evans getting Tom Brady. Right. It's like it's more of like a one-two punch rather than building a trio, right? It's like a Gronk and Tom Brady type situation, uh, versus like a you already got like a super loaded stack team and then you're already getting like another super impressive piece as well. Right, he's gonna he's gonna build an add to that team because it's not like they had a close series with the Nuggets either. They what they won one. It was right, yeah, they won one game, right? Four one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the the scores were kind of close in most of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, but a win is a win, regardless. So analyzing it from that perspective, he's going to a team who has a fighting chance, who's a contender, right? but is clearly missing some piece or component of star power offensively and defensively to take them to the next level. And he's trying to provide that. And even at, even at the cost for the heat, they're still losing some key pieces. Katie went there as a free agent. That is also true. They did not lose anything. Right. And the key gaining uh, Lillard, they would be losing a hero, probably some picks and something else as well. Right. And taking on a very expensive contract. So in like universally, traditionally in basketball, he's doing something very ethical. Right. He's not building a super team or anything of that nature. Whereas when people look at Katie going to the Warriors. It's probably considered the. uh, Worst move for your legacy in all of sports history. Okay, everything you're saying is valid. I don't. Only retort is that as a player, if you say I only want to play here and if you trade me here, I'm not going to play, that's a little concerning, especially when you don't have a no trade clause. So the Blazers, because the Blazers think, you know, we'll do right by you, we'll try to make it work with Miami. But if somebody's, but Brian, if you say, yo, somebody's car, I was like, all right, 
this is the price of the car. And you're like, no, I don't want to pay that. I was like, listen, I'm putting the car on the block. If somebody hit my phone and says I'm paying X for the car and you don't want to pay X, I'm going to have to oblige that offer. And you my man. But if you don't want to pay without, if you don't want to accept the prices and somebody else will, I'm more, as a businessman, I'm more in turn to make it work over here. So the business are saying, yeah, you want to go there? You want to go to the heat? You don't have a no trade clause. So we don't have to do this. We'll try to make it work, but if it doesn't work, uh, have a seat and strap them out here. So, additionally, now that I think about it, I think there was there was even reports of like, even if he doesn't get traded, he'll still report to like the Blazers as far as like you know, like he'll be still in training camp and things of that nature. So it's so like he's he's semi bluffing. Additionally, it, it sounds like Phoenix is. Throwing their hat in the race. So again, since we're talking about KD, if, if the Suns trade for Dame, then what? <laughs> I think Damian Lillard will probably sit or do something because he does not want to go to the Suns very clearly. It's it's the heat or nothing. And I think the reason that the Blazers are willing to oblige him, because though business is business, Lillard wanted to be a career Blazer. He did not want to go anywhere initially. But the actions of the organization showed him that you're not trying to win right now. That's true. And he's been working and grinding his whole career with the team for, what, like 10, 12 years to, in order to be able to be in the opportunity to win right now. Uh, they've put some pieces around him, but overall, fundamentally, structurally, they need that reset. And that's not the right place for him. I think they're trying to do right by him primarily because it's like a – Though they don't have to, and from a business standpoint, they can do whatever they want because he doesn't have a trade, uh, a no trade clause. Um, I think it's about doing the right thing, right? Damian Lillard is a very well respected player in the league. He gives back to his community, um, and he's never in the news for doing anything crazy or controversial. The Trailblazers would only be throwing dirt on their name to just trade him somewhere random just for the most profitable thing. And it's though it would be in their interest to do that, doing the right thing and trading with Miami so that they get a equitable uh, deal with them and get something that is beneficial for both parties. Seems like the best thing for them to do in this case. So I support them in that decision. The right thing is relative, but everything else you said, I, I, I can't really disagree with. But the right thing is relative. Okay, in this case, what do you think is relative to? The fact that you don't have the right to tell me where I'm going to take, where I'm going to send you. You don't have, you literally don't have that right. You do not have a no trade clause. So on the business side of things, if you had no trade clause, everything I would say would not be, would not be, I wouldn't be saying it right now. But it's like, hey, the only reason why you don't want to go elsewhere is because you want to go here. Look at Kawhi. I don't, I don't think Kawhi had no trade clause. Sent, sent him to Canada. He wanted to chip and then went to LA. He wanted to go to LA from jump. And Pop said, we're going to send you to Canada. And he happened to, he happened to you know, make it work to the best of his ability win the championship there. But yeah, it's. I'm sure the Lakers and the Clippers at the time probably sent Pop Heat, and he was like, 
Yeah, I'd rather get this over here. So that's all I'm saying. Okay, that's valid. Um, within that, within uh, something you said that was interesting, you brought up a quiet letter. Do you think that he should have stayed in Toronto? Yes, absolutely. The Clippers are, let's be honest here, they're they're not that good. Yeah, they're not those guys. No, and. It was very clear that Toronto had a system that worked and built around him, and yeah. it was what they needed to get to the to the to the chip. He would have owned Canada. Yeah, he's out here shooting music videos with Drake. He might as well stay. Yeah, and, and it's like the low management and all that. I think the year he won the chip, I would be thinking he played. Up to 60 games. I'm a fat I'll fat check that, but yeah, like he could have coasted and the pieces were there. But I mean, hey. Yeah, but I guess his heart was always set on going to LA, so I respect his decision yeah. nonetheless. He's a Cali kid, so I can't I can't argue that. I'm not really crazy about the whole hometown team thing. I feel like that just adds unnecessary pressure in my opinion. But that, you know, teaches on. No, I like the hometown thing. I, I, I would very much like if the players from the DMV came to the DMV. Shout out, KD. I mean, sure. But, like, you know, I'm a businessman, you know. What a bag it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But can you imagine, like, like even to think, like, going down to Capital One Arena as a Wizards fan and seeing KD there, the local community pulling up to see KD? I get it. I get it. Right, even that in itself, and Carmelo being from Baltimore, can you imagine? He be coming to New York, but yeah, he is from Baltimore. Come man. on, he went to Oak Hill. That's that's DMV. Yeah, he yeah. If you ask me, he's from Baltimore. He be coming to New York. You can claim whatever you want, but he went to high school out here, so that's how I go by. He probably goes by where he spent most of his time. So to each his own. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just as we circle back on Dan for a second. It looks like the most active suitors are the Suns, the Sixers, the Heat, the Raptors, and the Bulls. So I know the Spurs were in the were in the were in the running previously. I guess they've lost interest, or maybe, you know, but those are the five teams I've heard about. Additionally, I'm hearing the rumor that there could be a three-team deal that sends James Harden to the Clippers. Mm. And uh yeah, I'm going to keep reading. These are all rumors. I don't know anything for a fact, but yeah, these are just some things that have come across my James time. Harden on the Clippers. Now, that would be interesting. I don't know if the Clippers have the coaching to make that unit work cohesively. James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. And but, Russ. Russ is still there. And Russ. But on paper, it sounds like it would be a very good team. It would be a bunch of players that it would just be the hey, we all try to get away from Russell Westbrook and now we're teaming up with them. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? I mean, that's what it would be because Russ and PG were teammates at OKC, Russ and James were teammates at OKC, um, PG and Kawhi were teammates, Russ went to Russ went to the Clippers, now it's a trio. You know, bring in James Harden, you know, the NBA is a mess, bro. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't think trading used to be like this back in the day. What happened? LeBron. 
But LeBron hasn't has LeBron has LeBron. Do you consider LeBron to be somebody who's moved around a lot? So the decision to go to Miami that was a trade, and he because he's a genius, he marketed he marketed it in a way where the like if you go in the transactions, it was a sign and trade. But he just made the same like, yeah, I'm going here. But it was essentially a trade. And then he fulfilled his obligations, signed with oh, he signed with Cleveland again. Fulfilled his fulfilled his obligation. And now he's a quote unquote lifetime Laker. That whole oh, I'm gonna finish my career with the Cavs. I guess that 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 objective is is cooked. So I don't think Bronny's gonna be a Laker, so I don't know how you improve it. Anyway, shout <laughs> out to LeBron. I'm a LeBron fan still. You should be throwing me off sometimes. <laughs> My point is, um, I think that was the first domino that kind of set this trend of, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. But at the same time, if you go back in history, there were failed super teams. Like when Charles Barkley went to the Rockets, when Carl Malone and Gary Payton went to the Lakers, when, uh, when uh, others so yeah, it's like you know, they were they were failed two teams in the nineties. So yeah, it only works with so many people, especially when the players start getting up there in age. It's like, okay, what are we doing? You know, exactly. right now we're we're just using wishful thinking because realistically, Russ hasn't produced anything in the last like year or two. He's on a veteran's minimum. No, um, I think I think they gave him a a, a, a two year deal if I'm not mistaken, but I think he took. He took a pay cut to stay. I do think he took less money to stay in LA. Again, another another California kid. Do you so, think Russ's prerogative is winning now? Um, I think he's trying to do both: stay close to home and compete. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers are providing him that opportunity. Mm. You know what's going to be a crazy day when LeBron retires? I think the league will actually be changed forever. I made a promise to myself that I will witness LeBron's last game in his career. I don't I, think I, I, I don't think I can do that, but I want to. I hope you have like fifteen thousand dollars for for ceiling tickets. I will. I had to <laughs> bust a couple moves. You heard? Uh, I'm a. It's something that I really want to do. Um, cat. I want. I want to see LeBron play in live, and I want to catch his last game ever. So if that happens to be both, cool. But uh that's something I just hope I'm I'm afforded the opportunity to do. Hey man, I'd I'd like to take you up on doing that with you. That sounds like a, a great time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah Russ signed a one in one which is a one year deal with a player option mm. uh, um for about eight million dollars. Okay. So, yeah, he took less money to stay in uh, L.A. He's about to be 36. Sheesh. I did not realize Russ was that old. Russ is old. Um, he's is, made LeBron, old. is LeBron 40 yet? He's 39. He'll be 40 next year. Um, No, in December, right? Yeah, 40 next December, yeah. He'll be 39 this year. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. Russ has made over three hundred million dollars in his career, so I don't think he's done for the bread anyway. That's that's valid. Yeah. Also, uh, Anthony Davis. I think we talked about this one. Anthony Davis signed a signed a pretty 
lengthy extension. So my theory is that the Lakers win one more championship before LeBron hangs it up. Mm-hmm. And by the time Bronny is like in year two or year three, he'll be a Laker and he'll be playing with he'll be playing with Anthony Davis. That's my theory. So okay. whether so whether um whether he gets drafted by let's say let's say um okay so I think LeBron has like two more years on his current deal. So yeah. let's say he's signed let's say Bronny gets drafted by like the Kings or something. Mm-hmm. And LeBron sounds like a one year deal for like chunk change and plays that season with with uh with his son in the in the Sacramento. I think eventually, by some means of some way, they're gonna they're gonna put Bronny in the Lakers jersey, and Anthony Davis will be the new vet. Vet. That's what I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that would definitely be nice to see. Definitely, I definitely want to see LeBron play with the Sun. That that'll definitely be cool to see. Yep. Um. But speaking of LeBron, he showed interest in uh. Joining the USA team in 2024. What do you think about that? Um, hey man, I'm not against it. <laughs> uh, I would love to see the best players in the world <laughs> play play basketball in. Where's the Olympics in 2024? Wait, Tokyo. I think so. So yeah, I'm I'm for it. I, oh, it's in Paris. Oh, it's uh, you know. KD, Steph, AD, Braun, they all said, you know, let's, let's run it back one more time. So, yeah, I'm down. Uh, Kendrick Perkins said the ideal the ideal Team USA starting five for 2024 will be uh, Steph at the one, Jason Tatum at the two, LeBron at the three, KD at the four, and uh, Anthony Davis at the five, which is crazy because it looks like Anthony Davis has a desire to Play with power forward, so we'll see what happens there. But um, that's what it's, that's what that's how the rumblings are. Okay, okay, I think that'll definitely be a good run. I mean, you got Steph Tatum, LeBron, uh, KD, and and Anthony Davis out there. That team is not losing. I Respectfully, it. I don't think any USA basketball team should lose, but there's definitely been. Like what we saw this past year, this past uh, this past run is that there there was that sh- essentially that shift to younger players, right? Yes, that and the world is catching up. So, mm. who who do you think in the world is closest right now to the U.S.? That's a tough question. Uh, oh gosh. Canada and Germany are definitely up there. Canada, Canada is looking nice because you got Wiggins, you got Shea, you got Dylan Brooks. Canada might be there. France is always going to be up for discussion, especially now with Wimby. So, um, and the whole country, the whole continent of Europe has hoopers everywhere. So, I think Europe is like right there with with um. With the U.S. as far as like, you can't lump in the whole of Europe together as one. Which country? I will, I will, <laughs> I, I will. There I think are, there's like eight different teams. I think collectively, Europe is all is like moving in the trajectory where I'd be a little worried. 
I can't really pinpoint where every young stud from Europe. I know Lucas from Slovenia. Uh, I think Germany, bro. Germany. Dennis, name one other German Hoover besides Dennis Schroeder. I think Max Hoover is from Germany, but like, who's he? Dirk Nowitzki. Now. Now there's 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 another one. Hold on. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Oh, there's another one. Um, there's another important player. Important is relative. Oh, actually, I think you're right. I I, I don't recognize any of these guys. Yeah, Isaac I mean, Isaac Bonga. Oh, he's. I mean, yeah, he's like a twelve man. He was a twelve man on the Wizards. So, yeah. So shout out to him. You know, but yeah, it's not really much to say. I was saying, oh, Serbia. I knew I was missing something. Serbia. Might be a team where I might be a little worried. Just a joker wants that roll out of bed and give you give you forty and ten. So that is true. Serbia's team. Who do they have? Oh, Joker. Yep. Oh, Bogdan. Yup. See all them shooters. They got they got Jokic. Nick. They got Nick. They got Nikola. They got Bogdan and they got Stefan jo- Djokovic. See? Alexa so. Avram. Yeah. Avr- Avramovich. Yeah, so clearly there's enough there's enough talent in Serbia where we're, oh boy. I mean technically Kyrie Kyrie's Australian. Maybe maybe put up a t- team USA, so I mean I don't know. <laughs> Know. He knows he knows where he's from. <laughs> he knows where he's from. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, he may be a flat earther, but he knows he's from the USA. I'm just presenting information. Like, for example, Carl Anthony Towns would put him for the DR. So Carl Anthony Towns plays for the for, for DR. Yeah. Can he be so serious? Um, according to Wikipedia, his mother. Yeah, his mother is Dominican. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can't wait till these players start hop, hopping on these African teams. Just wait. Get oh, them. well, I mean, they're doing the opposite. You got Jerome Oko for Team USA. You got, yeah, you got Sergio Banca playing for France. Yeah, I mean, Spain. Yeah, they, they do it all the time. Giannis needs to go to Team Nigeria and, and stop being silly. Yeah, he needs to lock in and put on that green and white. He could have. He could really be making y'all great. I'm just saying. I mean, on the technicality, DeAndre he, DeAndre Ayton is also Nigerian, but he comes to the Bahamas, which is fine. No, it's not. He should also <laughs> lock in and play for your country. I mean, I think he's well. He's he's both. So I mean, yeah, there was one. I think he's Bahamian and Nigerian. So however you want to care, go for it. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's fair. And then, okay, what do we got next? Okay, so Jermaine O'Neal feels like his Pacers number should be sacred, and he's speaking in terms of Buddy Buddy Hield. Can you tell me yeah. about that? So, according to, I believe it was on Twitter, uh, I remember IG, but it looks like Buddy Hield is getting getting that Almighty Seven mm-hmm. in Indiana, 
and uh, wasn't too wasn't too pleased with that information. Uh, he essentially said, "This is not day against Buddy. But I feel like my number should be shouldn't be worn by anyone else. I think I, you know, essentially, you know, I think I, I think I gave my all to this team, and I think enough respect should be given to me. Whereas, like, yeah, let my jersey kind of be alias for, for, in simple terms." I mean, is he reti- is the number retired? No, but I think it should. I think he was hoping it would be at some point. Oh, and let's let's yeah. let me look at Jermaine O'Neal's stats because I know he he played for the Pacers for a while. That boy was playing, mind you. Buddy Hill changed his number from twenty four to seven, so he had he had a number there. He changed it to seven. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Let's see some of these Jermaine O'Neal stats. Um, let me see. He says it's confusing and disappointing. Yeah, no, this is why I go to my screen. But I'm trying to find it. But what from what years did he play? Like, oh, three. No, nah, not even. So, he played for the Pacers from 2000 to 2008. Six-time All-Star. Second team All NBA, two time third team All NBA, and one time most improved. So uh, among, amongst the amongst the, the retired jerseys for the Pacers, got Reggie Miller. Uh, uh, George McGinnis, George McGinnis or Jeff McGinnis, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll keep doing my research. So yeah, go ahead. So so basically, because he made the All NBA team, he wants his number retired. I think he probably. I'm pretty sure he's the franchise leader in some categories. I had to look, but yeah, he's he is. I would say he is the best Pacers big man of all time. Off the top of my head, I don't think you can name another big man better than Jermaine O'Neal. Okay. Pardon me, he was drafted by the Bridges. He was the 17th pick. And from Portland, he spent... Uh, he spent a few years there until 2000. Eight years in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Three, four, five, six-time All-Star in, in a row. And, yeah, like he was he was, he was hooping. Okay. Be that as it may... Oh boy. That's on the team for not retiring his number. That's not on Buddy Heald. Yeah. He said he said he yes, he 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 went ahead and clarified, addressed. He wasn't necessarily addressing Buddy Heald. He says he's a fan, but he just thinks that the organization should that we show him the, the decency to not give him give Buddy Heald his his number. Well, it sounds like he needs to make some phone calls because Buddy Heal, brother, wear that number, wear it proud. If anything, he should he should be honored that another star wants to wear his number. Well, this brings up the topic of Nello and Joker, both rocking the rocking the fifteen. Mm-hmm. Where's your take on that? Oh, Mello, Mello and Joker is more, is more uh, identifiable with. You said what? Who do you think the number fifteen in Denver is more is more identifiable with? Carmelo Anthony. 
despite Joker Joker being the two time MVP and the NBA champion? Yeah, I even though Joker has very high accolades, I feel like throughout the NBA, when you think the number fifteen, like overall holistically, people still think Melo, because Melo he was just more polarizing, right? Joker will give it to you and he'll do what he got to do on the court. But like typically when you saw like a mellow highlight reel of the Nuggets, that that something about that just made you want to like stand up while you're looking at your TV. Right. I don't say I disagree with you, but I will say if somebody said we're going to retire Joker's jersey first, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah, he's two time MVP, uh, NBA champion. I, I wouldn't be surprised as well. So, but, but to me, it's more synonymous with Carmelo, right? I, I agree. I agree. But how about you? I think amongst the masses, I think like amongst the NBA masses, I think Joker and 15 go hand in hand, in my opinion. Okay. That's valid. Especially if he spends his entire career there, which I think he will. I don't know how you can't associate Joker with 15 almost immediately. Hmm. What What do you think it like it'll take for like? Do you think actually no? This is my question. Do you think that when he took on the number 15, Carmelo felt some type of way? Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like it. If it was talked about in the media, I didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a really good question. You probably felt some type of way to a degree. I mean, he was in New York dropping 62 in the garden. So it's like, it probably didn't bother him that much. Mm. But it probably was like one of those like, subconscious thoughts, maybe. Okay. Kind of reminds me of Ballers. I think there was an episode where the wide receiver went in the red number 18 and the, the team was like, yeah, we're going to put your jersey up and he wasn't going for it. So, yeah. I'm going to rewatch Ballers. That's a good show. Shout out to Dwayne. Yeah, and, no, it's a really good show. I agree. And, uh, and uh, Baby Denzel, John David Washington. Hmm. Good show. So, wait, what? I think Dewey hit us on this show. My fault. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> when does the NBA season start? Uh, Mid October, I want to say the twenty something. Uh, okay, so, October twenty fourth. Okay, so we're about thirty days out from from NBA basketball. Indeed, this is exciting. This is good. Um, we can talk season predictions in the future, but yeah, definitely look forward to more basketball content from us as the season starts. Yeah. Um. Did we speak about the role management and whatnot? Oh, we did not. So, Adam Silver and the and the big wigs in the NBA uh, have set thresholds, I guess, for uh, eligibility for awards. Uh, there is a 65-game minimum for any player to be eligible for MVP, All-NBA, etc. Additionally, there was also a a rest policy put in place where no star player, no more than one star player can be rested in the game by each team. 
uh, star players defined as a all-star or all-NBA selected player in the past three seasons. Where did this wrestling thing come from? Greg Popovich. <laughs> Greg Popovich started wrestling players? Yes. But Tim Duncan would, I think, especially when it was like, we got a back-to-back. We're not going to play the first game. We're the second game. So we went from Tim Duncan to Kawhi to LeBron to I think Bradley Beal was even getting arrested for some for some reasons. But yeah. Um I don't think LeBron has ever been getting arrested like crazy, has he? Not yeah. I mean in his in his Laker days, I'll say yes. Okay. Um I will say according to this, the new PPP mandate, teams rest no more than one star player from a game. Um Make star but make star players available for nationally televised games in the end season tournament. I don't think we talked about the end season tournament, but yeah, the NBA has an end season tournament. What's, uh, what's the wait? What's the end season tournament? Yes, uh, this was this was in this was in talks for a couple of years. I think uh, this year is, is the first uh, iteration of it. Essentially, um. From November third to December 9th, there'll be an in season tournament where it doesn't really impact anything because you're still playing your regular schedule. But thirty teams will be in random groups of five within the conference, and each team will play basically like a World Cup within itself. And there's the knockout round and all this stuff, and it looks like there's cash prizes. So I'm confused. Is this supposed to be like uh It's literally just it's literally just hey let's 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 try something. And okay. So they're just experimenting. How, do you think this is gonna be successful? I think it's kind of dumb, but I can never say no to extra basketball, so I'll be watching. But I think as a player, I mean like yeah, this is this is stupid. Do you think um, this is gonna affect the eighty two game season? No, because it's it's embedded. So it's embedded within it. So it's like there's no true impact on that, according to this article I'm reading. Um, yeah. Uh, to give you a quick rundown, from the top of November to the top of December, there'll be an in-season tournament in Vegas, and the championship will be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, There'll be a group play in a knockout round like the Olympics or the FIBA World Cup. The 30 teams will be put in groups of five based on their win-loss record. Uh, and then, okay, so they're saying that each team will put four designated group play games on tournament nights. One on one game against each opponent in this group, two at home, two on the road, eight teams will advance, the best, you know, Olympic style. And the qualifying teams will compete for a prize pool and the and the trophy, the NBA Cup. So who's so what's the prize? Like what's the cash prize? How much? Oh uh, let me see here. Um uh, for the drawing group play knock around cash prize. Okay, so the prize pool will be allocated to players on the teams with allocations increasing depending on how far a team progresses. 
at the conclusion, the NBA will, will name an MVP of the competition and an alternate team. So election will be based on perfect performance. I mean, they have conference finals MVPs now. So they're just doing stuff. Like, this is all just, hey, we're bored. Let's mix it up. And I mean, I don't hate it, but I just think it's like kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I like it, but I don't. Okay. Do you think this this will have any added value for the players or they're not really going to care? I think the players are like, this is stupid. Oh. I think the consumers are like, yeah, it's like more basketball. <laughs> True. If we, I mean, maybe be a little more interested if they like, you know, we added like a four point line or some type of like wrinkle that like made this a little more interesting. If it's just regular basketball, I mean, cool, but I doubt this is desired by the players. Um, yeah. four point yeah. line would be crazy in the NBA. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they have a four point line in the celebrity game, so they could make one. So, but yeah, that's neither here or there. Um, oh wait, no, we talked about that. We talked about uh, Jalen Brown playing in the big three already, right? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. You want to get into some hot takes? Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, let's get into some hot takes. Okay, so we got four hot takes for you guys today. The first one is Cowboys will struggle without Trayvon Diggs. What do you think about that, Dan? I think struggle is an interesting word to use. I think they'll have a tough time, but I don't think they'll be so far gone. Shots to Drake. Uh, you know, you still got Gilly and, you know, Michael Parsons and that D-line is vicious. So it'll definitely be a liability, but I think they'll be able to overcome. They're not winning a Super Bowl, but I think they'll be a 11-12 win team still, even without Shirley. That's true. I definitely think that they'll still be all right but definitely this is the beginning of things chipping away for the cowboys i think yes like go like goku with us goku with us spirit bomb is still goku so that's that's how i see it yeah i definitely agree all right this next one that we got is brock purdy is the next tom brady what do you know i'll keep it simple no, Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls. Okay, yes. But think about the origin story, right? I think it's looking like it's going to be one of those, yeah, this guy was a super underdog. He was the last pick in the draft. He was the last quarterback in taking in the draft. And by 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 unfortunate circumstances, he was he was thrown into the fire and he's been performing pretty well. You don't think this will continue? No, I don't think Brock Purdy's the one seven to rule rings. Okay, well, let's think about the beginning trajectory of the career. Let's not focus on the end roundabout, right? Because that's 20 years. All right. So, given that, Tom Brady in his first three years, let's see. Tom Brady in his first three years of being a starter, uh, he led the league in passing touchdowns. Well, he's a Pro Bowler his first year. He led the league in passing touchdowns his second year, and his third year he won four. He won fourteen and two. So, and he was uh third in MVP voting. So, so, if, so all, okay. If Brock, 
if Brock Purdy makes the playoffs this year, which he probably will, that's a start. So, so yeah, go ahead. Do you think he can be a Pro Bowl QB this year? By chance, yes. By chance. <laughs> by chance. Why do you I say by chance? I think what? he'll win it. I think he'll win enough games and they'll have enough game manager stats to make a Pro Bowl. And they don't make a Pro Bowl. So Pro Pro Bowl selections are not that important to me. They matter, but it's like, eh, okay. Okay, that's fair. I think that Brock Purdy has the potential to rise to that caliber. I like a good under yeah. underdog story, and this is the beginning of one. Yeah, I do too. And granted, you're right. You nobody knew Facebook. Nobody knew Facebook was on Facebook when, when uh, Zuckerberg and them started off. So yeah, maybe this is the this is the 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 foundation of the next great QB, especially being the last pick in the draft. I just don't see it happening. Okay, we're just gonna have to wait and see for sure. Absolutely. All right. Next one we got Justin Field is the worst QB in the NFL. Um, no, no, I've seen some terrible QBs. He's definitely okay. Let's see, Justin Hurt. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, the worst QB in the NFL. Wow, uh, it's not Justin Fields, I don't know who it is, so it's not Justin Fields because uh, I mean, you, you kind of have to exclude rookies here, right. Yeah, we can. We can. Uh let me let me let me let me ponder that for a second. I'm trying to think of an O and two is it Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson is yeah, I'll take just uh, oh talent wise, yeah, I'll probably see Justin Fields over Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson's not bad. I'm trying to think of a QB that's like bad, like not good at football. <laughs> Um, see, I wish I could like all active quarterbacks, <laughs> and this is starters too. Oh, oh, starters only. Oh, 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 then <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna pull some random person, Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, technically, Andy Dalton's starting this week, so yeah, I'll take Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. Okay, all right. And the worst QB in the league right now, in your opinion? Uh, no, I think. No, he's not. I'm just saying I would say just because of Randy Dalton. Okay. Uh, the worst QB, starters only, right? Yes. Okay, the worst QB one in the league is... Jeez, Brian. <laughs> By the uh, numbers, you kind of got to go Joe Burrows. But he's also injured. I'll, no, Joe Burrow, definitely not the worst QB in the league. No, I can't. I can't do that. Um, geez, Brian. <laughs> worst starting QB in the league. Yeah, it sounds like this is giving you stress. Bro, I'm really trying to look here. <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm gonna just go one by one. Sam Howell, no. Ryan Tannehill, maybe. Breaking Mayfield, no. Gina, no. Barkley, no. KP, no. Jalen Hurts, no. Zach Wilson, maybe. Daniel Jones, maybe. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr, no. Matt Jones, maybe. Kirk, no. Tua, no. Stafford, no. Herbert, no. Well, anyway, Garoppolo, maybe. 
Mahomes, no. T-Wall, no. A. Rich, rookie. C.J. Stroud, rookie. Jordan Love, no. Jerry Goff, no. Russ, maybe. Dak, just kidding. Dak, no. Real, no. So, yeah. If you, I would say it's amongst Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson. That's like Baker Mayfield at two and zero is is in the running for worst QB. Yes. Why? Because we've seen the story before. <laughs> Give him a chance. I he had one. He was the number one pick. Bruh, How do you listen, number one overall pick on your fourth team? Listen, 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 listen. This is your listen, fourth listen. team, and you want number one overall. Listen, give him a chance. Give him a chance. I, Brian. Yes. This is his fourth team. Okay. He was the number one pick. So this you're bigger. Fourth team. <laughs> so you're going bigger. He's uh, it's a tier, and I'm putting him in that tier. Mm-hmm. I cannot definitive. I cannot definitively identify the worst port we're gonna have. So I will give you a tier. Okay, all right. Let's move on to the to, to the last one. So the last hot take that we got is Giannis is not winning another championship in Milwaukee. I agree. Um, I think, well. I think Mike Budenholzer is not a good coach, mm. and I'm on record saying that amongst the masses. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything Mike Budenholzer does that is worth commending. Mm. When he was coaching in Atlanta, they had four All Stars, and LeBron packed them up. Uh, thankfully, Giannis showed. You know, he had a, Giannis had to put up 50 points in the game six to close out the Phoenix Suns. They did come back from 2-0, and I appreciate that. But um, I don't think Mike Budenholzer is amongst anywhere near the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop among when it comes to coaches. Um, additionally, um, yeah, unless they get a, you know, Chris Middleton being your being your Robin is not going to win you another ring, in my opinion. So if they can get the better Robin than Chris than Chris Middleton, then you might you might have to be sold. But right now, I, I nah can't. And you know, Budenholzer is, is a Popovich is a Popovich understudy, so he has the pedigree. I just don't see it. I think that Giannis will win another ring with Milwaukee, and I think the key for them is just making sure that. I'm personally I haven't studied the Bucks too much, but what I'll say is I think uh, that it's possible. Well, I'll give you a quote from Giannis. Okay. Well, if I can he said I really just had it. Hold on. He said something very profound. Okay. He said, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, which is the NBA champion. I had to take that better that I had to take that better situation. So I think he is extremely uber talented. I think Giannis is a top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's top five in the NBA. Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yes for five. now. Yeah, yes for now. Top ten, top ten floor in the NBA. 
So, yeah, I think if you say if there's a better situation there, you are aware that Milwaukee is not the best situation. So. Where do you think you would go? I've been trying to get Giannis in a Heat jersey since 2020. A Heat jersey? Nah, they can't. They, he's not going to the Heat. I've been, I've been trying to get Giannis in the Heat jersey since. Oh, can you imagine Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, and Giannis? Exactly. I mean, they don't have the money for that. But, yeah. When, when is Giannis a free agent next? Like 2026. Oh, never mind. <laughs> don't, no, I don't really get that. But yeah, I've been trying to get Giannis and the Heat since the bubble. Additionally, um, Dallas and the Golden State were also some ideas that ran across my mind. Um, crazy enough, uh, Unc, Shannon Sharp, he said that, you know, Giannis bringing his brothers along for contracts are, he's wasting roster spots on, on, Two on two, you know, you could probably get two people that could actually help you rather than just bring your brothers along. Which I mean, there's some truth there. Yeah, he's just trying to get his brothers paid too. So I I, I get the nepotism there, but if you're trying to win, it, it is contradictory. Yeah. Um, over the course of the next one, two, three years, he's dealing with 45, 48, and 51 million dollars. Um. He hits the open market at age 32. So, assuming he has a late prime, I would expect him to play somewhere else. Okay. Especially now, you already have your ring. You already, you already have a finals MVP. So, you did everything you thought you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So, you don't really have anything else to prove. So, yeah. I would advise you to get out of the walking soon. Yeah. I hope I hope I hope it all works out for him. And and knowing him, he's gonna find the right situation that works for him ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to my shout out to my country. <laughs> all right. To close out, we got one question um submitted. Um as always, if you want us to make questions, please go to our Instagram. It's a link there um where you can submit questions as well via Google form. Uh, you think we should also post it just on our story just to grab some questions out the air? Yeah, why not? Honestly, I don't know. You can DM me. Y'all got my answer. You can DM me if y'all got questions. But yeah, if y'all want to go the the form route as well, that's fine. I check both. So whatever y'all want to do. All right, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a system that works the best for the people. Yep. All right. So to close out, our question from underscore Julian Kudstall is, why is Deshaun Watson struggling? We see flashes, but he isn't consistent at all. See, this could be Deshaun Watson and Christian Watson. But, yeah, we'll all answer for Deshaun. Um, the man didn't play football for a 12 month, and then he was suspended for half his season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – you know, Stephen A. Smith said, yeah, that rust narrative you can't use it anymore, I, I disagree. I think it is becoming less of a narrative and more of, hey, y'all paid me all this money even though I didn't play football for a whole year? Y'all are idiots, but I'm going to try my best. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my opinion, especially, mm-hmm. when, especially when it's fully guaranteed. Oh, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to try my best, but if I look a little shaky, I didn't play football for a whole year. 
You get what you pay for. Yep. No, literally, literally, you did. Additionally, um, we know that he has top five quarterback ceiling because before all the Wahala, he was a top five quarterback. So I would say it's early in the season. This is his first time playing a full season on time in three years. So, or, or is it two years? Two years. So I'm sure he'll get it together soon. I mean, Nick Chubb going down doesn't help, but it looks like he, it looks like he has some chemistry with Kareem Hunt. So, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think they'll, you know, ten eleven wins is very very reachable. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, before we call it that, what are your thoughts? I think that Deshaun Watson just needs to massage out the kinks. You know. Ah. Right. He he's had he's having some pain points because it's a new team and he hasn't really played for them and developed that team camaraderie and team culture yet. Right. Mm. So I think with time, we'll see that the Browns are a contender. But. For him, especially um, coming into this season, he's not getting a lot of calls going his way, things of that nature from the refs. And he's out there trying to adapt to a new system. I think what really might be in question is the Browns' offensive scheme. Well, mm, that might need a new OC. That could be, that could be, that could be the issue. Yeah. Uh, And after the uh, Washington Commanders offensive coordinator is putting on a DMV miracle, he might be the next guy for them. So. No, I think the Airbnb is going to be in Washington for the rest of his career. If 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 Josh Harris and Magic Johnson have something, have something to say about it, yeah, he's not going nowhere. Well, let's see if they have the money to pay him or they want to pay him because I'm he sure. might be looking for a head coach job somewhere. And, hey, the Texans might call come calling. I have a theory, and I think I shared this theory on this, on this podcast. If I haven't, I will share it now. I think that um, I had two theories of, First theory is a little less likely now, given with given the fact that the commanders are two and zero. But going in, going into the season, I thought they were going to struggle. Fire Ron in the middle of the season, tank for the number one pick in the draft, Caleb Williams, and then start that way. Um, it's not looking that way now. So now I just think that they're going to do somewhat okay, and then fire Ron, and then Airbnb will be head coaching from there. But if but if they're two and zero, why would they fire Ron? I mean, I said down the line. I think they'll, you know, they'll hit a. This is my thoughts. I could be absolutely wrong. I think they're gonna hit a rough patch. Maybe end up like four and, like four and seven. You think you think they're 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 only going to win two more games? It's a theory. I think they're gonna hit a rough patch. I could be wrong, and I don't mind being wrong. I'm just saying, I think there will be a. A, a turbulent part in this season where the powers that be will be looking at Ron and be like, hey, um, we don't really need you here. We have EB. So we'll just put EB as the HC and then we'll rock out from there. It's mm. a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Okay. We'll, we'll have to see for that one because I think I think the commanders, they'll probably keep Ron Rivera the way that he's going. Could be. 
Could be. But you you know more about the longevity of, of your franchise. I won't I won't front. I mean, I think I will say I'll cut some slack here. This is our well, since since Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. This is like the first time we've had that well, the the franchise has had the QB that they're like pitched their rain on. So and he's produced enough. So I think uh Howell and Vietnam will both be anchors in the franchise going forward. I can't say the same about Ron. So okay. I think we'll I think they'll be okay this year, but um we'll just have to wait and see. We will definitely have to wait and see. And I appreciate that theory. I appreciate that. But sure. as always, it's always good to get on here and have our, our chats, you know. So oh. it's been Brian. And Dan. And thank you for listening to the Fever Pitch podcast. Take care, take care. And before you log off of here, um, Please, if you haven't already, take a moment to follow the podcast, leave a rating, leave a five-star rating, and let us know what you think of the podcast. Leave a question. Just interact with us on social media. You know, we're friendly and things of that nature, and we're here to talk sports with you guys. Ultimately, we want to have this podcast, but the ultimate thing for us is we want to build that sports community and pick your brains. Absolutely. By the people, for the people. That part. And peace. We'll see you next time. All right, now take care.